you are divine. There are creations seated within you, planted before your birth. There are unborn possibilities yearning to be woven and creative solutions waiting to be realized. Songs of the ancient earth humming through you, beckoning to be sung, new consciousness that longs to be written into matter. Surrender to the creations whispering you forth. Perhaps they're calling you to reweave the web of life in some small way. To stitch the soul in a little more. We came bearing keys for each other, and as you share your song, it unlocks something in someone else. Creativity and intuition come from the same sacred place. They can't be reproduced. They occur when we find ourselves flowing with the rest of life. Earth is a planet of creativity, and yet so many of us have forgotten how to truly create. So much of humanity has been raised to consume. We're so focused on more, more, more that we've forgotten how to grow sustainably. Our consumption is killing us. Trust the seeds that have been planted within you. Somewhere along the way, we stopped seeing ourselves as artists, creatives, poets, singers. Yet to be human is to be creative. It doesn't matter what the result may be. Just carve out time to express your soul through your creativity. The seeds planted within you will show you the way. They have intelligence within them, and all you need to do is tend them through daily grounded creative action. Rebecca Campbell Hello, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I hope you love that little excerpt from the Rose Oracle. I actually drew a card for this episode, and that was the one that came out. Uh, link for the Oracle deck down below. Y'all know I love Rebecca Campbell's work. She is like, she doesn't know me personally, but I consider her like a mentor to me in my own life, in my own business, in my own creative endeavors. She's somebody that really her work has resonated with me deeply. and. That is from that thing that I read is from the Rose Oracle. It was the card uh, in case y'all have the deck. It was the whispers of mother earth card out of that deck. That was the one that came out when I asked what is the intention for this podcast or what message does do my listeners need today? So this episode is for my people that are really wanting to be more creative. And I honestly think this applies to everyone. I mean, even in that card, it talked about the thing that I talk about all the time, which is that every human on the face of this planet desires to create. It is literally a part of human nature to want to create. We are creative beings. Even if your creativity doesn't end up being your career, you still desire to create somewhere in there. We desire to make things and create things. So uh, this can be in any form that you see that is creative for you having any kind of like creative outlet. But I want to focus today a little bit on creative accountability. And I believe we talked about creative accountability recently, like maybe a month or so ago. But I wanted to bring a little more to the table for my creatives, because that was the message that spirit wanted me to deliver today. So I will say this, that in my own creativeness, I am somebody and I think this is something that applies to especially a lot of the millennial generation. But I don't want to generalize too much. I think this can happen to anyone in any age or generation. Uh, we were all taught, though, <laughs> that we need to capitalize and monetize everything that we do. And 
This is something that I am definitely very guilty of. I have plenty of friends who have talked about being guilty of the same thing, that everything we do, if we do it well, somebody will say to us, oh, you should create that for like a living. And we will end up doing that thing. And then later down the line, it like kills the creativity that we initially had because now it's this money-making thing and it doesn't allow us to connect with it deeply. Not in the way that it did in the beginning. And if I could give you a perfect example of this in my own life, uh, I used to read tarot cards for myself and only myself when I got really into it. And I was really into spirituality in, I want to say it was like 2017, 2018, when I really like dove all the way in. And that was when I got into manifestation. That was when I got really into like changing my life and starting everything that I create now. And that was a huge moment for me because I felt very, very lost, but spirituality felt like this beautiful walk back home. And tarot cards were huge for me. I read my tarot cards every single day. I would uh, force myself to learn tarot proficiently and like get, I got really good at it. Like I not only listened to other tarot card readers constantly, but I like made my own flashcards out of just like literal flashcards. I would write the definitions of cards and I would study the cards individually. And I spent a lot of my time studying. And I remember when I made Chloe Taylor the channel, it was not even originally called Chloe Taylor. It was called Taurus in the Kitchen. And I actually think Spirit really protected me in the sense that my channel was originally supposed to be a cooking channel. That was like my, I don't know if all of you know this. I don't know if we've ever really talked about it, but if you've been there from the jump or like from my gaming channel and migrated over, you knew that this was a thing. I was Taurus in the kitchen and I'd put out like maybe two cooking videos. I don't even think they're uh, public anymore. I've privated them Um, mostly because I'm not vegan anymore. And I feel like vegans, when you announce that you're not vegan anymore, vegan communities just come for you. And I've already experienced that announcing that I wasn't vegan on my YouTube channel. And like, I was just like, you know, I think it's probably best if I'm just not like known for that. So took a lot of my cooking videos and made them private. But I had posted a few under the handle Taurus in the kitchen. And I was so hell bent. I was like, I'm cooking. This is what I want to do. Da, 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 da. And Though I love to cook, truly, it is something that I am so passionate about. I told you guys, excuse me, I told you all uh, earlier this month in one of the episodes that we've uh, been over this month, I'm doing like all the episodes on one day. So I remember all of them, but you're getting them over like weeks staggered out. But um, I feel like this month is really like a love note. All the episodes are like love notes from me to you because I just feel really in my own energy and like ready to give and inspire and like walk the people back home, be like the person helping you carry your own torch back home to yourself. That's like the month of May is really what I wanted to focus on. And with doing Taurus in the kitchen, um, I lost my train of thought. Ah, that's what I was saying. So <laughs> I learned very, very quickly in diving into myself more that I love to cook. This is something that I adore. I love hosting dinner parties. I love I love getting together with people over a meal. Nothing makes me happier than having like fine wine, a nice like 
Um, I do still be loving that vegan cheese, a nice vegan cheese board and like good salad and maybe a cocktail in there too. Um, you know, I, I love, I love it. I love it. I love holidays that are centered around food, uh, which most of the sabbats or sabbats are. Um, before I got into witchcraft, Thanksgiving was my favorite holiday uh, until I learned about the history of Thanksgiving and now I don't celebrate it at all. But in all of that, um, I started to monetize, right? I started to monetize my cooking. I started to make videos of me cooking. And though it was fun, it made cooking not fun. And I learned that very, very quickly. Uh, also, I don't know if y'all knew this either. I went to culinary school for like two semesters in college. And I thought I wanted to be a chef. And I learned that I didn't want to be a chef. I wanted to be a Food Network star. That was like my ultimate dream was I wanted to go on Food Network and be a Food Network star. Like, I have always wanted to be in some semblance of the spotlight in some degree. Um, not really sure why, because now that I'm like over the age of 30 and I've seen and done a lot, I definitely do not push towards fame. I honestly just always hope that my work speaks louder than I do. Like that's if I could be like a faceless figure and my work just always speak for itself. I think that's ultimately where I would like to be. Uh, how my have the how the tables have turned. But <laughs> Cooking has always been something I've loved. And I ended up dropping out of culinary school back in like, I would think I was still a teenager. No, I think I was about 20, almost a teenager. Um, I dropped out of culinary school because I realized I didn't want to be in a hot kitchen all day. I didn't want to pay my dues and have to be somebody's fucking sous chef or a prep line cook. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be on TV, letting a camera crew follow me around while I cooked the meals. And I realized that that dream, though I believe I still could have made it a reality, it was just a really unlikely dream. Because, I mean, look at how many Food Network stars there are. Like, I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I am that bitch that will always say go for it. But I also feel like it wasn't truly in alignment with me. And that's like the biggest thing about going after your dreams. It's not even about what you do or how you do it. It's getting into alignment with that dream first. And when you are in full alignment with it and it feels good and it's a definite fucking yes from your whole body and your whole system and your whole spirit, like mind, body, spirit, basically, that is when you know that it's right and it's in alignment for you. But with this, with cooking, I love cooking. It's a deep passion for me. It's something I do not want to monetize. It is something that is literally just for me and... It's not like or for my friends or for like hosting people. It's not for the public or the world. And I think it's OK to have those things. And it is a creative outlet for me that is just for me. I'm bringing all of this up because I think for a lot of us, we don't actually allow ourselves to think about what we really, really, really want we just think about the dollar signs behind it or how we can make money or how we can make ends meet or how this can provide a little more income to make our lives a little easier. And unfortunately, we live in a time and in a space, especially if you live in America, where many of us are not taken care of. And, it, you know, we're paying for outrageous health care, we're paying for um, outrageous housing, there is so many problems. And I'm not here to get into all of that. But there are so many problems right here and right now, that's 
it does feel like the odds are really stacked against us. And so we're constantly scrambling to monetize all of the beautiful things that we love. And I'm here to tell you that I think that's okay. It is okay to monetize something that you really love. I am living, breathing proof that we, that I have done that. But I also think it's okay to keep some things for yourself. And that was like point number one I wanted to make is that it's, it doesn't have to be your career. You can love to do things just to love to do things. Now, when it comes to me, and I'm sorry, we had like two stories in one. You know how it is on the podcast. <laughs> if you've been here for any semblance of time, you know how I am. I'll get into like eight different stories at once. So even with my tarot card reading, though, I used to read tarot cards just for myself. And then when I started Chloe Taylor, after it was Taurus in the Kitchen, I started t Chloe Taylor. I actually started reading weekly energy updates, which now I do those on my on my Patreon. If you want to get access to those, definitely check it out. Link is down below. It supports me as a creator. It helps me to keep making this podcast. But um, if like or. I basically started to do those those weekly energies where I would just read the tarot cards for the week and they didn't really get any traction. Like I wasn't really getting a ton of views, but I was still making them because it was fun. And then I had one video pop the fuck off. I want to say I had a couple videos that like did okay viewership wise that were pick a cards. Like I was getting like several hundred views on a channel that was really small at the time. I think I had less than a hundred subscribers. Like it was like a tiny, this was when Chloe Taylor was like brand new. And then I had a video just pop off and it was the one that is still to this day currently the most popular video on my channel it just popped way the hell off and I think it has almost like 400,000 views on it even now it's like a really popular video but that video like made my channel like it brought a bunch of new attention new fresh eyes to my channel and it was a video that really came from my heart so I'm like super grateful that it reached so many people because that was the intention but I remember saying to my husband when this was happening um Andrew it's my husband's name Andrew I do not want to become a tarot card reader channel like that's just not what I want to do I watch other readers but I don't want to become that and I kept saying I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that like I just, I don't see that for myself. And then I did the thing where I made another one and that video popped off and I made another one and that video popped off. And then it made this like crazy machine, both externally and internally within myself that was like, oh, this is what I have to do now. I have to expel my creative energy this way so that I can continue to make a livelihood for myself. Originally, it started as something that was just supposed to like help people guide them back to themselves because that's what tarot did for me. Like in my own personal readings for myself, that was what tarot did for me was it uncovered hidden truths about myself. It helped me to look at my life in new angles. And honestly, though I know this kind of crosses the wires sometimes, I feel like it gave me to a degree. I am not saying it is a replacement. Please do not mistake my words here. To a degree, it gave me the psychological help that I couldn't afford to get at the time. Like, tarot cards forced me to look at my life in a different way. And it was good for me. It helped me. It brought me back to myself at a time where I didn't feel like myself. And... I wanted to give that to the world, but only in a certain way. You know, I didn't expect to do it full time. 
And then when it started to also become my livelihood, because I was broke, literally dirt broke, like I couldn't afford to eat, barely making, was barely making bills, constantly having my power, my phone shut off, like I could barely afford to survive, let alone consider anything more grand. So this was huge for me. This changed my life. Like literally my YouTube channel changed my life. And it was just something I was doing because I refused. I refused to go back to a nine to five. I was not willing. And many of y'all already know this story. The point of me bringing it up with creative accountability is it is a very fine line between letting your work or your creativity suffocate you and letting it drive you with passion and purpose. It is an extremely fine line. Like you can literally flip that switch on any given day. And It is so, so, so important. I cannot stress this enough. Being on both sides of this line myself, it is so important that you take your time and get yourself on board with what lights you up, with what makes you feel good, with how maybe if it's like a drive to help others, how you want to help others and don't get stuck in the analytics, in the numbers, in the money. Because you know what? When you're actually in alignment and you're, especially if it's tarot card reading for you, which it might be something totally different for you. I'm just giving this from my perspective. Um, And your mission is to help people, which for me, that is very much a part of it. It's to help people rebuild their lives in new ways that serve them through my readings. And I mean, honestly, I could probably get even clearer on that mission. I feel like I need to go and do an audit of Chloe Taylor, but we'll save that for another day. Um, But in doing that, in doing that, the videos that do really, really well are the ones where I'm not focused on the algorithm or the numbers or how I can outdo myself. They're very based in giving service, giving love to others, giving kindness, giving gentleness, allowing people to unfold to more of themselves through the words that are channeled through me versus trying to force an outcome because my livelihood is now troubled or unstable or what have you. And I feel like with creativity, it's such a tight line that you have to be careful. You have to be careful. And it's okay. Like sometimes you're going to flop onto that other side. You're going to flop onto the side that is like, oh no, it all has to be money focused. And I have to create like this because this is the only thing that YouTube is letting me get views on. It has to be this way. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And the more you actually stop Get yourself to relax, get your nervous system to regulate and ask spirit source or even your higher self what it is that wants to come through you, the better and better and better results you're going to have. And even if you choose not to monetize your creativity, maybe you're just doing something because it feels good, but maybe you don't let yourself do it as much as you should. Because and ugh, I hate that word should. I hate shoulds. We can should ourselves right into a corner if we're not careful. But maybe you really desperately want to pick up a certain hobby, but you haven't been giving yourself the time for it and you're constantly depleted so you can't get to it. The message that really wanted to come through me today for you is that you need to create some kind of creative accountability. And creative accountability It's not supposed to be something that stresses you out. It's meant to create consistency so that you know 
in your heart of hearts, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you are able to do the thing that would make you the most happy and you don't question it and you don't judge it. And that is by using the tool of consistency. So let's say, for example, you want to write. You just miss writing. You want to get back into it. I would genuinely challenge you for seven days minimum. More if you feel like you're able to do that right now. Commit to that right now. Seven days minimum that you are going to wake up and write every single day. Even if it's two sentences every day. Write every single day. Or maybe it's time. Maybe you want to do 30 minutes of focused writing every day. Or 20 or 10 or 15. Or um, the thing is, it's not supposed to be about the time or the number of words. In my opinion, you can do that if you feel like you're able but it's really more about just showing up. It works the same way if you're trying to create a workout routine. It's not supposed to be perfect. And the more that you sit in perfectionism, the less and less and less you're going to want to do the thing. So if in your mind, you're going to commit to a new fitness regimen, and you're going to get up every single day for the next 90 days, and you're going to do this crazy workout for an hour every single day, and you're so like, fired up about it, you do it for the first three days, you fucking face plant because you haven't worked out in X amount of years. And there's no way like it feels too hard. It is so much better to say, hey, for the next seven days, I'm going to commit to moving my body. And the only thing you have to do is not tell yourself, oh, it has to be 30 minutes every day. It's I just have to show up at the gym and get on the treadmill or get on the bike or go to the weights for at least five minutes. And if after those five minutes, I'm still unhappy and I don't want to be here, I can leave. It's the same way to me, like you do have to have some semblance of rules around it so that you're actually making an effort, but don't make it so hard that you're just going to face plant and never want to pick it up again because now you've proven to yourself that I can't do anything right. I'm terrible. You know, you start saying all of those things about yourself that lead you to not want to ever try again. And that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to slowly get into that accountability practice without overboarding ourselves so much that we never want to try again. Because I feel like that works the same way in almost every area of life, whether it's fitness, whether it's creativity, whether it's writing a book, any kind of change or habit you're trying to make with yourself. If you try to steamroll the whole thing, it, it will not work. And when, when I say it will not work, I mean it will not work sustainably. This is why, and I will say this forever, diets don't work. Diets don't work because they are not sustainable. You are not meant to live on 1,200 calories a day. And it might work for a time period. You might lose a bunch of weight if that's your goal. But after that, eventually, you're going to come up on this. You're going to come up on how unsustainable it actually is. And then you're going to feel like a failure when you gain all that weight back twice as fast plus 10 pounds. Like... And I don't even really love the example of weight loss because I don't think we're here just to pay bills and lose weight. I think there is so much more to life. <clears throat> I don't think diets work. I think that diet culture and like it is literally toxic. It's toxic. It teaches us to loathe ourselves, to not love ourselves where we are and as who we are. 
terrible example. I don't know why. Probably because I still have some semblance of brainwashing when it comes to diet culture. I've done my best to really eradicate that shit from my mind, but I think my mind still goes there sometimes as an example. And I'm really trying to work on that. So my apologies. I did not come in here to try to trigger anybody today with like diet talk, but I don't believe in diets personally. I don't think they work. I don't think they're sustainable. And even if they work for a period of time, eventually they become unsustainable. And that's why you hear people that have success stories and then they go out the window like a year later because they're not sustainable. Making sustainable change, whether it's your creativity or something else, that should be the goal is how can this be sustainable for me? And it's the same way in business. If you're creating a business, you want to do your business in a sustainable way. I have had to learn this the hard way twice over now, probably more than that. If you count all of the little micro times that I feel like I've failed or choked, um, I've probably more than twice, but twice in a really big way. Um, but the thing is create the accountability daily and make it something that is sustainable. And you also want to add to it over time. You know, maybe for like something like creativity and writing, if you just want to have a creative hobby or practice, maybe it is just crocheting or knitting 30 minutes out of your day, 20 minutes out of your day. I guess where I come in with the add to it, that's if you're trying to monetize it, if you're trying to build something with it. I feel like it can be two things. It doesn't always have to be that we're trying to monetize. It can just be that we are trying to have a hobby and we feel like we don't have the time for it. You have to make the time. And if the hobby is not in alignment with you, ask yourself why you even want to do it. Like, is that hobby or that creative thing that you keep putting off and putting on the back burner? Is it even something you really want to do? Or is it because doing that thing, you think you'll receive some kind of praise, and you are unconsciously sabotaging yourself from getting any kind of validation that really you shouldn't be looking for outside of yourself? Ooh, that was a truth bomb. <laughs> um... The next thing I want to talk about is I can't remember what it's called. And my beautiful, amazing, wonderful editor, Hillary, if you I know you know what it's called, and I don't have my phone with me, so I can't ask you, um, you can definitely put it in the description. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's called. But you can also create like basically a box or a station for yourself where that hobby lives so that because I don't know about you, I have ADHD. And I also struggle with executive dysfunction really bad. So I will like sit down to read tarot cards, and I'll get up 8000 times. I'll be like, Oh, I forgot my water. Oh, I forgot my tea. Oh, I forgot this deck. Oh, I forgot my lighter. Oh, I need my candle. Oh, I need my incense. Oh, I like and I just I won't sit down for like 25 minutes. And then by the time I go to sit down to do the thing, I'm so pissed that I haven't started yet that sometimes I won't even start. So this is why creating like a box or an area of keeping all the things that you would need to make this hobby real for you, this creative endeavor real for you is something that can be really important and really helpful for you. So for me, Let's take the example of tarot card reading. If I wanted to sit down and read tarot cards and I wanted to literally just sit down with my box and know that everything I need is right there, I would include things like a lighter. 
spell candles. I would include incense. I would include an incense holder. I would make sure that my decks that I like to prize or use the most right now are very close by or easy access, preferably in the box. But I have so many decks and I cycle so many out that I do have a cabinet that's right next to my desk, though. Like literally, there's like a gap for plugs and that's it. Like straight up next to my desk. So that works for me. Um, I would make sure that maybe there's like a water bottle in there, um, a juice box or something if I want something extra or um, anything that like doesn't have to be refrigerated. Like maybe it is like a water bottle or a juice box or something of that regard that you can have in there that isn't just going to go bad. Um, I would make sure that I have like a blanket in that basket if I want a little cozy blanket. If there's anything that I might need to get started I will put it in that box. And you can do this, like, my friend talks about this in the sense that she has a station where, like, anything she would need to leave the house is right when she comes into her room. There's, like, a place for her jacket, for her keys, for her purse, things like that. And that's, like, the station that she'll go to before leaving the house. So she knows where everything is. It all has a place. And she doesn't, like, scramble to have to look for all these items so she can leave the house. So... Just things like that. Um, I feel like that's just like a really valuable thing, even for your own hobby, to have that. So if it's like an art thing, maybe you have a snack and a juice box and you have your sketch paper and your pastels and you have a roll of paper towels or something. So if your hands get dirty or like a wet ones um, wipe dispenser or something. So if there's mess, you can clean it up. Like that would be a good thing for my tarot desk as well having a container of like wet wipes because my desk often gets like ash on it from incense and stuff and I have to wipe it down before I start reading so I just want you to focus on those things or maybe it's like a tiny thing of tissues if your nose starts running so you don't have to get up because I don't know about y'all but especially with ADHD if I get up from the spot that I'm supposed to be doing something at I will get distracted by a thousand other things and then I do not stay on focus or on task like even just today, I was like, no, I'm doing podcasting today. And then I'm doing personal readings. And like, that's it. That's where my energy is going today. And my husband even tried to like high five me. And I was like, no, I don't want your energy. Like, it's going to distract me. I don't want your energy. I don't want nothing. I just got to go. And sometimes I, I don't know if that's just an ADHD thing. Sometimes like I really have to be that strict on myself. Like if I try to do even a small other thing, I will literally tailspin into something so different from where I started that I just won't continue the process of what I was doing. And it can be really fucking frustrating. So that might just be some pro tips for y'all with ADHD. But we all know that 2022 and 2021 was the year we all discovered that we're on the spectrum and we all have ADHD according to TikTok. So maybe for some of y'all, if you have ADHD, that might be something you want to add to your life. Um, and something else, my friend Hillary is just like a little beautiful, amazing, um, I was going to say ninja, but that's weird. Maybe like a brain ninja. Um, and mentioned something else that I wanted to add to this episode. And I sometimes, and you might relate, can be an all or nothing person. I'm like, nope, it has to be this way or I will never do it or it's not going to happen. And I realized something through hearing it from my friend first that was just, it rang so true. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm going to tell you about it after a word from today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. So she was explaining to me that she would get that way. She'd be very all or nothing in the morning and be like, oh, if I don't do this first thing in the morning, it's not going to get done. It's like this all or nothing thinking. And she proceeded to tell me that she didn't think that way anymore. And that oftentimes when she lets herself do the things that she actually wants to do, she is able to still get the task done just later in the day. And for me, I consider myself to be very much on the same line. Like I, if I don't do certain things first thing in the morning, I feel like I just won't get it done. And so hearing my friend even just talk about it that way, I was like, oh, you're right. I'm going to give that a try. I'm going to try doing things in a different timely fashion and letting myself do what I want to first. And if y'all follow me on Instagram there earlier this month, we did a seven-day challenge where I told you all the list of tasks that I wanted to do first thing in my day that I felt like would help me overcome a lot of my anxious feelings. And uh, that was me giving to myself first thing in the day, even if I felt uncomfortable doing it, because that's how you build the habit. That's how it becomes something that doesn't make you feel anxious is you have to feel through what you're experiencing, but still do the things that you want to do first anyway. You feel me? Um, And if you followed that on Instagram, thank you so much. I appreciate you. It was a really fun challenge, Um, which technically as I'm recording this, I'm still in it. So um, I'm interested to see like how it's going to play out, but I could almost guarantee it's going to continue to be a good time. And the last thing I wanted to mention in this episode, just for my creatives, because I feel like this was just like a bunch of wisdom for my creatives coming through today is I want to remind you of Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I will link this book down below. It was a book that I myself never finished. But the parts of it that I did read that spoke to me that I like needed to hear were very thought provoking. And something that Elizabeth Gilbert writes in Big Magic is that the reason you have creative ideas is because creative ideas are their own thing. They don't actually belong to you. They belong to the ether. They belong to source. They belong to spirit. And when those creative ideas come through to you and you get that download of, oh, this is the thing I want to create. This is the thing I should do. I'm going to do this thing. That is actually that thing choosing you because you are the best host to bring it through into the world. So just if you've been doubting yourself, you beautiful, creative, amazing being, remember that you wouldn't have had the idea if it wasn't supposed to be born through you. And you're allowed to act on that and do that because it came to you for a reason. And again, I'll link that book down below if you're curious, but... Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you so much, Pumpkin. Please get out there and create, whether it is your career or it is not. I really hope that you will listen to yourself in that regard and you will go after that which your heart most desires. That's all I ever want to inspire you to do here with this podcast. So please do not forget when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye.